foundations. We've been talking about foundations. Everybody remember the soils? Do I need to go through those? Okay. If you haven't been in here, the soil, the soil of your life. We've been discussing the parable of the sower from Luke chapter number 8. Who's got their Bible tonight? Raise it real high, real high. Raise the Bible real high. If you have your Bible, raise it high. Okay. All right. So everybody that didn't raise your Bible, you need to bring your Bible. Who brought a notebook? Anybody brought a notebook? I saw some notebooks. And people, for some reason, showed me their notebook as they walked in. I don't know what was up with that, Caleb. Did I say something about notebooks? You need a notebook. You need to write stuff down to remember it. Um, We kicked off the series by going through each type of soil and discussing the importance of breaking up the hard ground of our hearts so God's word can produce an abundant harvest in our life. During our small group lesson, who was at small group a couple weeks ago before Easter? Small group lesson. We asked some simple questions that every believer should come to know, and we ended the small group lesson by discussing what cares, riches, and pleasures of this life cause us to be like the thorny ground, the thorny ground that has a lot of stuff in it. So we're going to talk about that tonight a little bit more. We're going to do a deep dive. So if you'll start with me at Luke chapter number 8, verse 14, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the what? Cares and and of this life. And so they never grow into, wow, maturity. We have a bunch of teenagers in here who might think, just raise your hand if you think you're mature. Okay, all right. Some are honest by not raising your hand. Good. All right. How many tonight have ever, your mom or dad has ever made you pull weeds out the, out the flower bed? Any, any guys? Oh, this is good. This, y'all, y'all are working people. I like this. This is going to be great. So how many guys have worked on the crew mulching out, out and, at, at serve night? All right, we should have like most guys. Okay, this is mostly girls. Okay, most guys, okay, good, y'all are there. So y'all pulled weeds before, guys. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, good. All right, maybe some of you guys have been on the mulching crew and you had to pull weeds out of some flower beds you played in recently. Remember, anybody remember the playground a couple weeks ago? How many weeds did we have to pull out of there? That was a lot, right? Our life is just like that. Our life is just like that. If we allow the weeds to grow in the same ground that God's Word is trying to be planted and trying to grow, it will choke out what he's intended to put there. It deprives the soil of the nutrients it's supposed to get. Did anybody know that? Okay, raise your hand. Yeah, thank you. All right, here we go. Did you know that weeds deprive the soil of nutrients? So if we don't pull the weeds out, it's going to crowd us up, right? We're not going to have a pretty plant. Very good. Okay, glad you know that. God's seeds and the devil's weeds are competing for ground in your life. That was profound. God's seeds and the devil's weeds are competing for ground in your life. One or the other is going to win. One or the other is going to take root, and that's what you're going to grow to become. A plant for God to give him glory, because that's our purpose. Somebody say, my purpose. My purpose is to give God glory. And when we allow weeds to grow in the flower bread and in the soil, it crowds out 
what God intended to give him glory. Somebody say amen. I'm going to get all Pentecostal on y'all. Amen. Come on. Satan is trying to distract you with every way he possibly can. That's his weeds. Many of you have been coming to church all your life. I'm not going to make you raise your hands, but many of you in here, I know. Your moms and your dads have been coming maybe here all your life. And you've heard the word over and over and over. Some of you, maybe this is your first time here. Maybe you haven't. This is the first time you're hearing it. But a lot of you in here I know have heard it over and over and over. We've heard and heard and heard. But yet, we sit in church, hear the word, but we don't pull out the bad stuff that is choking our seeds from growing. We'll be in a small group and we'll walk out the door. We heard it. And for a few minutes, maybe it was a youth camp. Maybe a week after, we don't go and, Carlos, apply it to our life. We might apply it for a week. We might apply it for a month. But at the end of the day, or at the end of that little season of our life, we're back in this rut where we're letting weeds grow. How many know that there are seasons to pull out the weeds? you got to continually to pull out the weeds. And if you let them grow, they're going to overtake the garden God is trying to plant in your life. We ought to be growing. And when we allow the seed of God's word to grow in our hearts, we will grow and produce a great harvest. But you can't let it grow if you're letting the weeds grow. You can't let God's seed grow if you're letting the weeds grow. I'm fixing to get practical in a minute. So with that said, what are the cares in Luke chapter number 8, verse 14? What are the cares What are the pleasures? What are the things that are keeping you from growing? I want everybody to just take a minute. Not a minute, not a whole minute. But a second and think about what is it? What is it that's distracting you from going deeper in God and letting the word of God take root in your life? What's holding you back? What is the one thing you are allowing to grow in your life that prevents you from growing spiritually? You see, God is a holy God. He's a righteous God. And when you let the unholy things come into your life, guess what? He ain't nowhere around. He don't want to be there. Because He's light and that's darkness. He is not going to go to the places that you think are okay when you don't run it by him and say, Lord, can I go there? Think about that. Can I watch that? Can I look at that? Can I play that video game? Is that pleasing to you, Lord? What is it in your life that is preventing you from growing and maturing in the Lord? There is something in your life. I know there is because it's in all of us. We talked about sin. And the Greek word sin, it means to miss the mark. Y'all remember that small group lesson? It means to miss the mark. If you think about a, a bow and an arrow and he, he misses the mark when he shoots, that's what that Greek word is talking about, sin. Anything you miss the mark with, miss God's mark, 
It's not godly, that's sin. I've missed the mark so many times in my life. We all have. For all have sinned and come short of God's glory. But realize tonight how great your sin really is. I don't think we really know how great our sin is, the weeds. I don't think you really realize the cost that Jesus paid for your sin. Because if we did, we we would want to live a more holy life before him. If we really got a hold of what the word is saying in us, it won't take as much effort. We will just do it. We'll flow. Lord, if that's not you, I'm not going there. If that's not you, I'm not, ta- I'm not looking at that. If that's not you, I'm not talking to that person because he's not in, 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 you know, in, in your flow of things. You're not being led of the Spirit at that point. Jesus paid a price that nobody in this room could pay. He paid that price so that we wouldn't have to. He hit the mark. He didn't miss it like we did. Oh, how deep the Father's love for me. I got to be honest with you tonight. When I talk to older generations about this generation, when I talk to the older folks, this is what they tell me. The young people today do not appear to have a hunger for the Word of God. Now, don't get offended, because that's what this generation likes to do. You get offended when you hear stuff like that, including my my generation of folks. As Pastor Kevin was talking Sunday and he's preaching about that very thing, this generation, they don't want to be told you can't do this. They don't want to be told that's wrong. They don't want the real gospel. The gospel is Jesus came to save us from sin. But if you don't know what sin is, how do you know what he saved you from? See, here's here's what we need. We need a foundation to know that sin is missing the mark of God's glory. When we do something that misses the mark. Now, we can debate and how much you look at this, watch this show, and this show is this good. Look, listen, I don't know, and Pastor Kevin talked about this, having a conviction. We We need conviction in our hearts. We need something to tell it. Look, that's wrong. That is wrong. That is sin. But all too often, we're okay with the weeds because we're too lazy to get down there and pull them out. Some of you don't have flower beds because you don't have houses, but when you get a flower bed, you're going to understand the practical implication of having a flower bed with weeds in it. When you let the weeds grow, it's going to crowd out the beauty of the flower bed. When you let the things in your life grow, God's seed that's been planted in your heart won't grow because you're letting the weeds grow. Somebody please say amen. Sure, all of us probably attend church regularly, but as I've been told before, but as I've told you before, I've seen young people come and go with no real desire to really live for God. That's a scary thought. Maybe for a month, Maybe for a couple years, you get into the senior age, heading on out the door. Maybe it's even before that. And the seed that God's been trying to plant in your hearts hasn't grown. 
hasn't went anywhere. And we allowed the weeds to take over and we backslide. That's what backsliding is. We slide back from where we once were. Our hearts ought to break at the thought of our unwillingness to serve our Lord and Savior. This generation has allowed the cares, the riches, and the pleasures to keep us from growing. It's just like Pastor Kevin said, we are going where we're sowing, and this generation has sown its own desires. If you look at the Word of God and you look at Israel, and over and over, what did they sow to? What they wanted to do. And I'm afraid to tell you, we're in a very, very similar situation. This generation, right here, you, me, all of us. We're allowing things to occur right here. And we want to change the nation. And we want prayer back in the schools. And we want all of this. But you know what? We're not even praying at home. We don't hunger and, and thirst for righteousness. We don't open up our Bible enough and, oh, yeah, we missed a day. And, oh, yeah, that's okay. we got to get to the point where that's not okay to miss a day. I'm going to pin that down. It's not okay to miss a day of reading your Bible and praying. It's not okay. We ought to grieve when we, do, when we miss it. We ought to grieve when we, hey, we, we can't be at church for whatever reason. We ought to grieve because the Holy Spirit is grieving with the end. If he lives inside of you, it's grieving. He wants you to be connected to him. You ought to grieve that you missed serve night or that you hadn't signed up for serve night because you're playing ball or whatever. We ought to look at this and say, you know what? If Jesus paid it all on the cross, I can lay down my life and serve him. I can do what he's asking me to do and to give him glory in everything that I do. This generation is so comfort-driven. If it's fast, if it's easy, if it's convenient, we're all on board. Can I get an amen? Don't amen that. That's how we are. We'll pop it in the microwave. We've been having a microwave for years. Everybody loves a microwave, right? Everybody likes fast food. Most of us are going to go get some fast food tonight. And I'm not saying nothing's wrong with that. I'm saying that's just how our mentality is. Give me a word. Let's get out and go to church. But when it comes time for a football game, we'll sit there for three hours. Maybe some of you girls like to get on Instagram and you're mindlessly scrolling through everything. And you're just scrolling. And you're just scrolling. But somehow, oh man, I, I gotta go read my, I forgot to read my Bible. It's nine o'clock and I gotta go to school tomorrow. Guys. Those that play video games, please don't raise your hand. But if you're a video gamer, or maybe some of you girls, I know I can't be, you know, there's, there's, there's girls that probably play video games. Some of you girls, you're pretty good at that, and you want to whip up on some boys that think they're gamers. If it's too much of that, that's an idol in your life, and you're feeding the weeds. You're feeding the weeds that want to grow and take out the word that's been planted inside of you. It's competing for the ground. The weeds and God's seed is competing for ground in your life. And you're at a very, very vulnerable age where if you don't let it grow and you don't feed it, what are you going to become? What life do you want to live? A life for yourself or a life for his glory? 
You don't come, <clears throat> you don't come on service night because we aren't doing anything but working and I've got something else to do. That's our attitude. Or maybe you've got the Sunday morning or serving ritual down pat, but Monday through Saturday, you are hit and miss on praying and reading your Bible. We need to recognize that this neglect and comfortable spot is not pleasing to God. It's not pleasing to God. We need to pray what David prayed after he looked on Bathsheba and sinned. And that led him to more sin and sin and sin and sin and sin. And it grew. Psalms 51.10, create in me a clean heart. That's what David prayed. Oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So that's what we need. That's what we need to pray. Create in me, leave it up there. Create in me a clean heart. Somebody say a clean heart. If you're writing this down, clean heart. Steadfast spirit. That's what I want. A clean heart and a steadfast spirit. Something that says, you know what? No matter what's going on, I'm going to be steady. I'm going to read. I'm going to pray. I'm going to come to church. I'm not going to let the pleasures of this life or the cares of this life grow and take over the seed that God would have grow inside of me. You see, David was the guy that killed Goliath. David was anointed king over Israel after Saul had failed to follow the Lord's command. The Bible said that David was a man after God's own heart. Man, I love that label. A man after God's own heart. You find him, Carlos? He's playing the violin or the harp out in the, out in the field. And he's, Jordan, he's... he's tending the sheep, and he's just having a good time in the presence of the Lord, writing all these psalms, writing all these things. But you know what? God called him. See, God wants to call some young people like that to do glorious things for him. But instead of finding you in the field in the presence of God, he's finding you in your room cooped up, depressed, on a video game, watching TV, doing everything that's filling your life with junk, and not filling it with God's goodness and glory. Think about what you do on a daily basis. I can't touch every single area, but you get the point. What are you missing the mark on? What are you allowing to grow in your life? And if you don't know and you really have a hard time, you need to sit down and you need to pray, Father, show me. Show me what's hindering me from growing. Show me what's stopping me from growing more and more in you. You need to ask that question. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. You see, God wanted <clears throat> David you know, to continue in, in this, in, and keep blessing him in his life. But guess what happened? He, he wanted to please the Lord, but in this moment, of his life. He commits sin by looking at Bathsheba while she's bathing, and then he kills her husband so he can marry her. It started with a look, a temptation that he gave into, and then it grew, and then it grew. See, if you don't chop them weeds off before they begin to grow larger, they're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're going to choke out the seed that God's planted. 
Sin will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. Did that for you, bro, Steve. So David prays for forgiveness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Young person, God doesn't like the junk you are allowing to grow in your life. We need a clean heart and a steadfast spirit. We need a steadfast spirit. I won't quit. I won't give up. My mind's made up. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to live for him and not myself. Matthew 24, 36 through 39. Jesus is talking to his disciples and several there. And he's talking about the end times. And I I shorten this to kind of get to the, the gist of what I wanted to talk about with this scripture. But he says this, but of that day, an hour, no one knows. This is the day Jesus' return and the end of the world. And this is foundations. You need to know this stuff. There's coming a day where Jesus is going to return for his bride, for the people who are serving him. And if we're serving him, we get to go. We get to go. Man, come on, that's exciting. We get to go to heaven with Jesus. Jesus says here, but of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Stop right there. Go back. I tried to catch you. You're quick. They had the pleasures and the cares and all that they wanted to do in their life. It's not against marrying. I'm not saying that, you know, we, we can't have a good time. Don't be drinking. I'll make, let me make sure you hear that. We ain't drinking. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But in the days of Noah, they're all doing their own thing. They're all caught up. What they want to do. You can keep going. And did not know until the flood came. Think about that a minute. They did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. You know, I thought about that. And in 2 Peter, I didn't give you this scripture, so don't try to find it. I know you were looking at me. 2 Peter 2 says that Noah was a righteous preacher. It says that. I don't want to turn to the scripture. It says Noah was a righteous preacher. So I have to wonder what did it mean there? Because in Genesis it doesn't tell us that he's preaching or, or telling anybody. He did what God commanded him to do. He starts building the ark. In faith, he says, you know what? It's never rained before, but God told me. And I'm going to build this ark. I'm going to obey. I don't understand this. What you talking about? Flood the earth? I don't get this, but I'm going to build the ark. And I have to wonder, when people walk by and looked at him building this thing and, he, and they ask him what he's doing, what do you think they said? What are you doing, Noah? And they're probably laughing. 
And they're probably pointing fingers and saying, look at this nut. He's building this big old boat. We've never seen this before. And God told you to do that? But Noah was a righteous preacher. And in faith, not knowing everything that was going on, because here's the thing. As a young person, even as you get older, you may not understand everything the Bible is saying. Come on. Because that's our excuse. Well, I can't understand that Bible. So we don't read it. Come on. You might not understand everything the preacher's saying sometimes because you're still young and you're still learning and you're growing. That's what growing is. And you've got the milk of the word and it's being spoon-fed into you. But you know what? Noah did it in faith. He obeyed. And God has called us to just obey. You don't have to understand anything. Just obey and build the ark. Build the protection for your family because I'm going to use you, Noah. There's coming a day when rain is going to flood this earth and water is going to come out the ground. There's coming a day and your soul needs to be saved from that judgment day. Your soul needs to be ready for the day when he comes, but we're caught up in the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. Genesis 6, 5 through 8 says, Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Go back. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of, the man, of man was great in the earth. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Like I tell you, we're pretty close. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man returns. Think about it. Everybody's doing what they want to do. Everything's a free-for-all. Nothing is sin. Nothing is wrong with that. Nothing is wrong with that. And if you say something's wrong with that, you're a hater. God is love, and yes, He is love. I don't have to change. I don't have to do any of that. I can be me. I can be whoever I want to be. No, that's wrong. See, that's the thing. As Pastor Kevin said, you are already condemned. Nobody's condemning you. You're already condemned. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man, and it was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry. Man, this grieved me when I read this again today. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Wow. What made God sorry? The evil. And every thought, every intent of, God, of a man's heart was evil continually. And this grieved him so much that God was sorry that he made a man. But guess what? There's more. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah, somebody say, but Noah found grace in the eyes 
of the Lord. See, God is a gracious God. But God's not going to put up with evil. He can't be there. It's opposite. Where there's darkness, he's not there. Where there's evil, he's not there. You can go back to that scripture. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. See, in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man returns. Think about this. We're waiting on Jesus' return. If you're a believer in the house, you believe that Jesus came to die for your sins and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. He has filled you with his spirit to live a holy life. There are going to be times where you mess up and then you get back up. But that's the point. you got to keep getting back up. And what I see is people keep going back down and going back to their old ways. That's your old man. That's your old woman. That's your old person. Stop playing on the playground that the devil created for somebody else to play on. His, his devils, his demons. Because none of us in here were meant for hell. But we're going if we don't get our heart right. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Think about that. Eight people. Eight people. Eight people on the earth were saved. Because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Because he was a righteous preacher. I don't know if he was getting up on Sundays and preaching for a congregation or not because there was only eight of them. But him and his family said, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve what God says. And if he told me to build an ark, I'm going to build it in faith. I don't understand what an ark is, but I'm going to build it. Here's the thing, young person. You've got to build your life on the love of God. Start with love. Loving God and loving people. But it takes some more there. Let's start with love, but let's continue to grow. And when we allow the weeds to grow with God's seed, it's going to choke it out. It's a sombering thing to think that God was sorry that he made a man. Oh, how we continue to grieve our Lord. See, there are preachers out there today with the message these are false preachers, obviously. Probably in the same in Noah's day as well. There, there's no flood coming, Noah. There's no judgment coming, Noah. Let me bring it down to our today. It's okay to have some alcohol. It's okay to have sex before marriage. It's okay to look at that pornography. It's okay. Everything's good. God is love. But we fail to realize God loves you, but he hates the sin that you're letting grow inside of you. And where sin is, he can't be. And the worst part about hell is not that it's dark. It's not that it's on fire. It's not that there's worms eating you alive and all that. It's none of that. It's the separation from God. Hell is a real place, guys. Hell is real. How do you know that? Because I'm like Noah, and I believe it. I believe what the Word said. I have faith for it. Somebody says, well, you have no proof. I've got faith. I don't need proof. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. God has given me faith, and I obey his word, so I'm going to build the ark for the saving of my house. You know what that ark is today? It's applying Jesus Christ to your life. The cross, his blood, should cover you. And if you get on that ark, if you get on that boat, you're going to be okay. But many of us are allowing the things of this life and the cares to choke out this word that we hear all the time. We hear this all the time. All the time. We're hearing the same things over and over. Over and over the word is thrown. But what do we do with it? God is holy, and he created you in his image. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for those sins that I'm talking about tonight. James 1, 12 through 15. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own what? And enticed. Then when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to what? And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Are you allowing sin to grow in your life? how we need, how much we need repentance every single day. We just talked about this in a small group last week or three weeks ago. Brother Justin, why are we still talking about sin? Because you know what? Why are we still talking about all these foundation things and all this ground and all this stuff? Can you talk about something else? Because this is the word of God and the seed's got to get planted in your heart. The seed's got to go down deep. Deep in your heart. And if you're letting weeds grow, if you're letting weeds grow, they're going to choke it out. Repenting is not just saying I'm sorry and going about our business. Repenting is, re- is, is turning around and away from the thing you were doing. Pulling the weeds out of your life that you've allowed to choke the word that God's trying to plant. I'm going to finish with John, uh, James 1.21. It says, Therefore, I got the wrong version apparently. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God as planted in your hearts. Man, this is it right here. Here's the word. You ready? For it is the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. So I've kind of been joking about writing things down. But here's the thing. And I'm not a good note taker. I'm going to confess. I've tried in the last year. I'm I'm trying even even more. You can do it. Because here's the thing. We're going to walk out of here tonight. And your mom or your dad, maybe, might ask you what they talked about tonight. And I talked about a lot. 
What's the thing you grabbed? What's the scripture you learned? What's the seed that was planted in your heart that you're going to continue to water and, and let grow in your life? Or are you going to turn on some music in the car and when you get home, you're going to think about what you eat and then when you eat, wherever you go, you're going to go to bed and the next morning you're going to worry about what today has got for me and you're going to go through your little ritual of what you do every day and then you'll come in here again and you'll hear it again and you'll hear it again and we're in this cycle but we're never really connected to the seed that was planted in our hearts. Does this make sense? Guys, I want you to go deep in God. I don't want you to be in this revolving door of don't know where I'm going. Where you're going is heaven if you believe in Jesus. Your purpose on this life is to give God glory in everything that you do. So whether you're in school, whether you're homeschooled or at a other private school or public school or whatever you're doing, this goes for youth leaders. Work. Whatever we're doing, we should do to glorify our Father in heaven. You know what I learned, though? It doesn't matter how mature you think you are in the Lord. It doesn't matter. You still need to repent. Every day, you still need to ask the Lord to create in me a clean heart, renewing me a steadfast spirit every day. Well, I read my Bible. Well, I pray. Well, I, I, you know, I, I do it for 25 minutes in the morning and 25 minutes at night. I, I, listen, I'm not saying get religious with this thing. I'm saying listen to what God is telling you. And pull out the things that are, are bad that's keeping you from having a real relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you one of the things I have in my home. We don't have a TV. Now that sounds crazy to some people. And I'm, I'm saying this not to boast me up. So please hear my heart. I'm trying to be as very humble about it. I, 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 don't, I don't let that... I don't want to control, have to control what my kids see. My kids watch TV at my grandma's house. They watch one show. Here's the thing. That's what I feel like is good for me. Maybe you can watch a show and, and, and you're good. I'm, I, hear, hear me out. Maybe, maybe that's okay and God's good with that. But I want to ask you this. Are you spending too much time on it? What's the thing that you are caught up in that you just need to you know, do away. If you can't put it down and you got to have it, that's a pretty good indication you don't need it. Some of you have been on Instagram fast and Facebook fast. And, and if you're going to youth camp, you know we're not going to let you have your cell phone. And that's good. But the, as soon as you get back home, you're on it again and you're cultivating the weeds. You need to seriously consider what are the things that are holding me back from growing in God. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. Think about that a minute. 
But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I don't want to think, let you think that there's a list of do's and don'ts. But let me say this. There are things. There are things. I wasn't planning on saying this, by the way. There are things that you need to cut out your life that is preventing you from growing. Maybe that's not for somebody else. Understand this. You can't say, well, Susie's got a TV and Jim Bob, he's got a video game and they do that and, and, and everything's... Listen, you need to ask the Holy Spirit, what is it in my life that takes up my time away from Jesus Christ? What is it? What are the cares? What are the pleasures? What are the riches? What are the things that are holding you back? What are the things that are taking up the good ground, the good soil that God so wants to let that seed of his word be planted in your heart? Would y'all dim the lights and put the music on? They're going to play Build My Life. We're not going to sing it. We're just going to let it play. And this is what I want to do. Brother Justin, why you always got to have an altar call? Why you got to do You know what? We need to confess our sins one to another. Pastor Kevin preached about that. I can turn it down just a little bit. We need to confess our sins. And the problem with our generation, we hadn't had enough of that. There's power in numbers. There's power in getting it off my chest. Things you've been balling up, you're fighting through, you need somebody to pray with. Okay? Some of these weeds, God intends for somebody to help you pull out and hold you accountable to do. So I'd like you to stand. And I'm going to ask a couple guys, I'll tell you what, just a couple youth leaders, just come up here and girls over here. They're going to turn the music back up. Jordan, y'all can come on up here. Some will be in the back. Girls to girls, guys to guys. And maybe nobody comes. That's okay. I'm going to just be, obey God because he said build an ark. Listen, bow your heads, close your eyes, and here's the altar call. If you've got weeds in your life, if you've got weeds in your life that need to be removed, and you need to confess them, I want you to come up and see one of the youth leaders or go to the back, wherever they're at. Because tonight's your night. It's that, e it's that, it's that easy. And they're going to pray with you. But here's the thing. When you walk away from them praying with you, there's something you need to do. Go do the word. So I invite you to come up as they turn the music up. I'm just going to pray for them.